It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. If you've ever seen a picture of a Navy aircraft carrier ship from above, you'll see what looks like thousands of circles just covering the flight deck. What they're actually called are pad eyes, and they're about 12 feet apart in every direction. If you got down close, you would notice that they're actually tie-down points that they chain the aircraft to when they're not in motion or about to be launched. They really serve as anchor points for the plane, no matter what the movement of the ship may be in the water. At a minimum, there's six chains, two at each a wheel, six-point tie-down. In rougher seas, there may be more, but their purpose is very, very essential to the functioning of that ship. It's to secure the aircraft and keep them safe no matter how difficult the weather or the seas may be. Paul here in Acts chapter 20 had some pad eyes in his life as well. Now, as we get to Acts chapter 20, we are on Paul's third missionary journey. He's kind of working his way back. He wants to be heading back to Syria. And along the way, on the coast of Asia, at a town called Miletus, he he calls for the elders of the churches there in Ephesus. And he gets them together, he gathers them, and he gives them really a kind of farewell speech. He's summarizing his life, his ministry, and he's talking about some of the difficulties that are awaiting him or that trials that might still be to come. And in verse 22, he says this, And now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there or await me there, except that the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I've received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that you all among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I'm pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So it's Paul's farewell address. He's trying to encourage these leaders that will remain there. He's giving them and showing them the example. But he says, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. And he said over and over again, the Holy Spirit has testified in my spirit that there's prison awaiting me, that there's afflictions awaiting me. But I love what he said his amazing resolve in how he's going to face the trials that are ahead. He said, none of these things move me. Man, none of these concerns about prison, none of these trials that I am about to face, he said, none of these things move me. I was thinking about over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 when Paul is talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and its importance in our life. He said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I wonder if that's on Paul's mind as he says here, none of these things move me. Man, Paul is being steadfast. Paul is being unmovable. And how is he doing that? By continuing to abound or increase in the work of the Lord. 
So he says there, none of these things move me. And then he says this statement, neither do I count my life dear to myself. In other words, Paul was saying, I'm not valuing my life as simply a selfish thing that brings me comfort or brings me success or brings me pleasure. You see, Paul valued his life not in light of what it was doing for him, but in light of what it would do and what it would bring for the Lord. So he says, none of these things move me. I don't count my life dear to myself. And my first thought is, why? That is an amazing declaration that Paul is giving us. How can he say that? Why is he saying that? And then he gives us the answer. He says that I might finish my course or my race with joy. And then he describes it, the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify the gospel of his grace. Paul says, trials are coming. Afflictions are going to happen to me. I'm actually going to end up in prison, but none of these things move me. And I do not count my life dear to myself in facing these things. Why? Because Paul had a purpose. Paul had an unmovable purpose. He said, I don't worry about these things because he said, I want to finish the race that Christ has given me. I want to finish my course of testifying the grace of God to the people who need it. You see, Paul had a purpose in life. Paul had a calling in life that made him unmovable. Now for Paul, his calling was preaching the gospel of the grace of God. And by the way, everyone's purpose and calling as a believer in some way is in line with the gospel of the grace of God. In some way, it's our life benefiting the movement of the gospel. So Paul had this purpose, Paul had this calling, and it's really true for every believer. We all are part of the great gospel movement in the world, but we each play a different role. Paul primarily was a teacher and preacher of the gospel. But I thought about many of the people I know and and their part in the great gospel movement in the world. Man, I think of those whose primary purpose is just prayer warriors, man, just lifting up the hands of those who are going. I think of those who have a great purpose in giving, the gift of giving and giving to the missional purpose of the church and, and the movement of the gospel in the world. Then, of course, you have those who are speaking primarily. Now, we're all called to speak the gospel, but some with a very, very focused and important purpose. We call them evangelists or missionaries. Um, those are the ones that are going. And then there are those who are leading, shepherding, pastoring, and all of us together serving. You see, purpose is like a pad eye on an aircraft carrier. When I understand my purpose, when I understand my significant part that God has given me in this world for the message of Jesus Christ, man, it makes me unmovable in the face of difficulties. It's what keeps me getting up in the morning. In my case, it's what keeps me showing up to preach every Sunday, even if the life around me wants me to just kind of take a day off. It's that sense of purpose and calling. Um, you could call it duty, but it's a, it's a purposeful duty. But Paul said, I don't count my life dear to myself. None of these trials move me. He said, because I want to finish the course. I want to finish my purpose that God has given me. So purpose, as I said, is like a pad eye on an aircraft carrier. It keeps us steady. It keeps us unmovable through the inevitable rough seas of life. So my question to you today is, what's your purpose? 
What is your purpose? Now, I have found through observation that there's three distinct things that combine together give someone their purpose. Number one is what is the spiritual gifts that God has given to you? Number two, what are the values or those things that you hold most dear in life? They're just important to you. They just create a righteous indignation when they're violated. And when you see them in action, man, they just bring great joy to your life. So when you take your spiritual gift and you take your purpose and you combine them with the history of the circumstances that God has allowed for you to go through, man, when those things combine, the intersection of those three, it just creates a sweet spot of life and purpose. I think about the Apostle Paul. Paul says, I am a teacher of the Gentiles, a proclaimer of the truth. So Paul's gifts, his primary gifts were teaching and prophecy, proclaiming the word of God. His value, and you can't look at Paul and not see that he didn't value hard work and dedication and sacrifice. And then what did his history bring to the table? Well, he was brought up as a devout Jew. He was taught at the feet of the premier rabbi of the day, Gamaliel. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But then he came on that Damascus road to know Jesus Christ. And you know what God did? He gifted Paul with proclamation in the context of his value of hard work and sacrifice and with this historical context of being a devout Jew with a burden for those people. And the sweet spot of them is where Paul found his purpose, his meaning in life, his calling, or maybe what I call the kazon. Kazon's a Hebrew word that means your vision or your purpose. At Fellowship, we teach a seminar three times a year called kazon. And that's the whole point of this, is to help you understand your spiritual gifts, your values, to look at your life's history so you can come together in a real genuine purpose of what you're doing with your life. You see, purpose is important to all of us. Man, the convergent of our gifts, our values, and our history. I believe without a settled purpose, you're bound to be moved. You're bound to be shaken. You're bound to be disoriented when trouble comes. Purpose gives us a North Star to follow in serving Jesus, a gospel purpose. So what's the word for today? Well, my word for today to you is simply this. Find your purpose so that you can finish your course with joy. Seek counsel. Pray about it. Get into the word. And you know what? God will give you that gospel purpose that will keep you moving when everything in life wants to slow you down. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.